What's up, everybody? My name is KT Temple, and I am super excited to announce the first episode of my new podcast. I wanted to uh, make something that just made it really easy for me to interview really awesome people and have awesome conversations and be able to share it with everybody that uh, I'm interacting with, everybody in my office, and anyone who wanted to participate. And so, like uh, good parents, my mom decided, my mom and my dad, he'll be next week, they decided to be my guinea pigs. So thanks for joining me, mom. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so my mom is Pam Temple. She is on the, she owns the Temple team out in Charlotte, North Carolina, Mooresville to be specific. And she is the CEO team leader of Keller Williams Cornelius, right? Is that right? Right. The Lake Norman, okay. the Lake Norman office. Awesome. So I want to talk to you about luxury. I want to talk to you about the customer experience and how that's changed over the years. But to get started, just tell me how you got started in this business. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know my story, right? Um, I'm I'm fairly aware. (laughs) I had these two little boys at home and um, and, uh, loved them more than anything. And I wanted to provide them a patio. And um, my sweet husband, who you'll be talking with soon, um, told me that we couldn't afford it. He told me no and um, certainly didn't like that answer. So I said, how am I going to be able to provide and pay for a patio for my little boys to um, ride their skateboards on and bikes on and all that good stuff? I think you were like four years old, KT. And I'm, I'm so glad you're telling this story because I don't <laughs> think anyone believes me when I tell this story in my classes. <laughs> so I'm glad I have this now recorded to bring this, back, bring this up in the future. It is absolutely the truth. So Kent told me no. And I said, well, I don't like that answer. Um, so my dad, I had a clothing store at the time, um, loved it, had so much fun, but made no money, right? Um, retail is tough, tough then, tough now. Um, so I called my father, um, who had um, his realtor for life, as we like to call him. And I said, I think I want to get into real estate. I think I think I could be really good at this. And um, so I called Nadine and um, I told Nadine what I was thinking. I said, you know what, Nadine, I'm just going to do it part time. My boys just need a patio, you know? And who, and who was Nadine? Nadine, her, her name was, oh my gosh, KT. It was my dad's realtor that he used for everything. Gotcha. Um, But anyway, he, you know, he had bought houses, he had investment properties, all that kind of stuff. And he always used the same realtor. And I always thought it was interesting what she did, of course. And um, so anyway, I called her, I said, Nadine, I'm just going to do it part-time. I'll go run, get my real estate license and get my boys a patio. And she said, Pam Temple, I know you, you don't do anything part-time. You'll become addicted. I'm like, no, I won't become addicted. I just want to get my boys a patio. So I went to the expedited real estate class um, and um, absolutely loved my instructor. Uh, Kent was all in. He agreed um, to this new passion of mine and he helped take care of you guys for two and a half weeks. And I took the class, passed the class um, and um, the rest is history. So the first the first 30 days after I got my license, I um, had a I sold a waterfront property which if you know Lake Norman, even back in 1998, that was still a nice lofty, I think it was like $500,000, my first sale. I know. And so you boys got a patio like immediately. (laughs) And then I thought, hey, this is kind of nice. I like this gig. So um, where did you get your first client from? It was um, my sphere of influence. It was a friend's uncle. 
Oh, nice. Yep. So that's where it started. And that's what we've based our business on ever since is our sphere of influence in our database. Awesome. So, yep. So I was rookie of the year, my first year, and um, it's just taken off from there. Cool. So what, so, so you've done this now for how long? So I believe what's 1998. So you do the math. Long time, 24 years, 24 years. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I was just telling my mom just to mess with her that (laughs) today's the 10 year anniversary of me graduating high school. Just, uh, just to really pump her up. It happened. You pumped me up. So you've been doing this for 24 years Mm -hmm. and you have kind of become known, uh, at least like in the parts of Keller Williams, uh, the company we're with, as the person who is known for customer experience and luxury. And so that's kind of what I, what I wanted to talk to you about today was what you've learned with customer experience. So since COVID, you know, since the past two years, how has customer experience changed? Are you treating your clients differently? Are you teaching, you, you're, you own a big team. Are you treating your agents differently? What's going on in that space? You know what? I I would say that, yeah, we are treating people differently because this is just such a, a new thing for us. Um, I, I wouldn't say that we we care less or we care more than we did before, but I think our communication has probably changed a little bit. Um, uh, so that's probably been, been the biggest, the biggest thing is just how we communicate, um, how often we communicate, you know, we probably checked in with people a little bit more than we used to. Um, but yet, um, I don't think we care anymore, any less. I think that we just, we communicate better. Um, so we've always taken really good pride, if you will, in our customer experience. Um, and, you know, we always try to evolve that every single day, every single week, um, um, as situations arise, you know, we call everything live documents and live systems. So when something doesn't go perfectly, we always say, okay, how can we fix that? So it never happens again, you know? So, um, and that's really all about the customer experience class that Keller Williams has available. KT, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite classes I, that I get to teach. Um, and it's really basic, basic stuff, but all the basic things need a system around them. And so I understand that you, you, it's not that you care more or less, you're just communicating with them more often. Are there different forms of communication that you're using? Are you guys using video more, using text more? Tell me more about that. Well, um, you'll be sad to, to know, but I'm not doing any more video than I used Jeez. to do, but I swear I'm going to start, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been yeah. hearing that from, I don't know, everybody I've been teaching. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, um, you know, once I get started doing, I'm comfortable, but it's really scheduling the time. You know, your daddy's yeah. probably going to talk about time blocking. He's a great time blocker. Um, I, if I was better at time blocking, I would probably be better at videoing. Um, Something I've noticed from just, and, and it might be all, you know, industries or, or it might just be our, our, our industry, but we're really good at prospecting. I, I know like how much we, we talk about and everything. We're really good at prospecting. But I don't find that agents are very good at scheduling their marketing, getting that on their calendar, or at least they don't know what activities to even be scheduling. Do you find the same thing? Right. Um, We are, we're very 
prospecting based, right? You know that, and we're, we're marketing and enhanced. Um, but, you know, we do have like weekly meetings on, um, on our marketing because we want to, you know, this, this morning we had a, a huge meeting about our swag, right? Making sure that it's all updated and we have everything that we need. We've got great, great clients that, um, you know, are our biggest billboards. They walk around our town with our hats and our t-shirts and everything on. So we do take um, time to make sure that, um, that our brand is where we need it to be, um, whether it's, you know, whether it's, um, you know, hosting a, you know, a fundraiser or participating in a fundraiser or something to do with our, with our community. I mean, that's big, um, big branding opportunities for us. So we make sure that we do plan around that. Um, uh, you know, we have a, we have a great uh, director of operations that makes sure our social media is um, properly branded. And um, so we are communicating that way as well. So what does, when you guys sit down for your marketing conversations, what, what do you guys bring up? What's, what's the most important topics mostly? Uh, top of mind. Like where are we going to be that we're top of mind? Where, you know, with what publication are we going to be in that we're top of mind? What community event that we're going to be at the top of mind? So, you know, we, we've taught forever that, you know, an individual person, a consumer can only have probably two names of a realtor in their head at any given time. And if we're not the first one, we need to make sure that we're the second one, right? And we always want to inch our way up to become the first person they think about when they think about real estate and really just think about anything to do with our community because we want to make sure that they know that we're the resource. Um, I want to be the resource for everything. If somebody, you know, needs a massage, I want them to say, hey, I bet Pam knows a good masseuse or if somebody wants, you know, to do, you know, landscaping in the yard, you know, I bet Pam knows a great landscaper. I just... I need to be top of mind. Um, and if I can't be first, then I don't want to be second. Perfect. So we talked about how kind of your customer experience has changed, not so much caring more or less, but just interacting and communicating more often. How has luxury changed in the past two years? So I, I, if, if you don't know about their team, they, they specialize in a market where there is a lot of luxury. They live on a lake. And that is the, the price range is normally above seven or eight hundred thousand dollars in that area, and it's in one specific zip code. So everybody there is pretty much in luxury, except for a few specific parts. Are you guys doing different activities there since COVID? Are you communicating differently with those kind of clients? What's been the shift there with that market? Well, with our luxury market, um, and as you know, you you grew up um, in the country club that we that we specialize in. It's all about lifestyle. So, you know, when COVID first broke out, I guess you could say that limited how we really prospect because it's more of a lifestyle um, that you um, prospect within. Um, and, you know, we say that luxury could be any price point. It just depends on what type of life you want to live, you know, what type of neighborhood you want to belong to, what type of activities, you know, do you want to do? So, um, you know, I, I, more than anything, it's about getting into the space um, that you want to specialize in, whatever niche it is, whether it's luxury or whether it's, you know, sports and entertainment or commercial or, you know, whatever, young professionals, like whatever niche you want to have you know, your voice in and be the expert in, you've just got to really 
um, dive into that and, and go super, super deep, super deep with, with the activities that you perform, with the restaurants that you go to, with the, you know, with just whatever it looks like, you know. Um, so, you know, we are super, super involved with the community. Now that COVID's over, that opened everything back up um, to where we can, you know, engage and participate in everything that, you know, that, that, you know, we, we need to know about so that we can be, you know, the realtor of choice for them. You heard it here first. Pamela Temple has declared COVID being over. It is over. now done with. Over, over. Gosh, <laughs> let's hope so. Let's hope so. I wanted to go back to, um, to the question that you, you were asking about customer experience, KT. Okay. Because there is the class that I was referring to is amazing. If, if, and if your office hasn't taken it or you haven't brought it to them lately, you need to go back because it's all basic stuff, but it's a, the basic information that you need to have a system around. Um, but it's called the 5S system. And they're super simple. And the first, the first um, S is set. So it talks about setting expectations. And when you have a relationship with anybody, whether they're luxury, you know, a, a fluent clientele or first time home buyer, you need to make sure that you're asking open-ended questions so that you can seriously set expectations with them to make sure that, um, that you know, they're hiring on you and you're accepting the job and this is what you're going to accomplish, right? So the first S is setting, setting expectations with them. Expectations can be like how you're going to communicate, right? Communication is is the most important thing in any relationship whether it's your you know husband wife your children or you know your clients right communications everything so then after you agree to what you're going to do um, after you set those expectations then you're going to serve it so you've told me what you wanted I told you that I can deliver it and now I'm going to do it right ask them what they want understand, you know, and, and agree to that and then serve them. So do, do what you um, said that you were going to do, do what they're hired you to do. Um, the third one, which is super, they're all really important, but a lot of people um, leave out is you survey them, right? I told you what I was going to do and I did it. And how did I do? Like, how am I doing? You said that you wanted this type of lifestyle. You were looking for this type of house. You know, is, is this what you were envisioning when we had the conversation, when I did the needs analysis for you to begin with? You know, how am I doing? Always ask them how you're doing. It doesn't have to be the big survey at the end of the transaction. That's really the only time, if even then, people survey to see how their, their team's doing, how, how they're doing, how their, you know, just their whole organization is doing. Um, so making sure you survey, you, I, I told you what I was going to do. I did it. How would I do? It's kind of the way I, um, I, I go about, you know, describing that. The fourth S is surpassing. So when you do these surveys, KT, whether they say that you are phenomenal or, you know, that's really not what I was expecting. Um, maybe you said that the, the yard, um, the yard sign was going to be in the, in their yard by 5 PM, but it wasn't there till 6 PM. Like they should say, you know what, it was kind of disappointing because you know what, you told me you were going to be there by five and you didn't get there by six. So if I can't count on you to put a yard sign up when you told me that you were going to, how can I count on you to negotiate um, the best terms and conditions for me? You know, those little things mean a, mean a whole lot. So we talk about how we're going to um, surpass that. So whether it was good or whether it was bad, how can I always make it better? I was talking about those live systems, you know, everything, our, our, um, um, the, our director of operations is so, um, you know, so qualified to make sure they're done. Even, even when we think we've got it really fine tuned, there's some things that we feel like, you know what, we could do better. 
and so we fix it. So we're always surpassing whatever the um, expectation was to begin with. And then, as we talked about, I've been in business for 24 years, and I hope to be in business for another 24. So we're always looking at how we're going to sustain it, right? So how are we going to keep it going year after year after year? Um, Gary's always said, you know what, it, uh, you know, it's not a, a great year, you've got to have a great career. And so if you're not thinking about this as a career, then you're not thinking about how you're going to sustain your business going forward. Um, and so that those five S's, if you really think about it and you put those into a system around your business, um, it will improve without a doubt. I won't tell dad next week that you committed to another 24 years of working. <laughs> well, I, 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 I hope I always love it the way I do now, but yeah, that's he awesome. Probably, he probably won't want to hear that, Willie. No, he'll love to hear it, but he might hold you to it. That's oh, what right. I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my concern for you. Okay. That's awesome. So, so when you look into the future, what are you going? What's the most important thing that you're going to be looking at? What what skills are you looking to learn going forward in real estate? I think uh, the one skill that I always try to improve on is my leadership skills. I mean, that hands down. Um, I think leadership skills can serve you in whatever, you know, whether you're in real estate or whether you're just, you know, leading your family or, you know, just whatever. Um, John Maxwell says, um, says you've got to live, right? So you have to have experience. You have to go out and do things and then you have to learn from them. So live, learn, and then love, and then you lead. Um, and so I think as, as real estate agents, we have such an opportunity to go out there, do the things that we love to do. So we live, learn everything, but either from our experiences. And a lot of times I learn from other people's experiences, you know, if you're around in the office, which hopefully everybody is back in the office after COVID, you're going to learn so much by other people's experiences and, um, seeing what they've did right, what they've done wrong and, you know, and adjust what you do from that, um, and that's, you know, just loving who you're around and loving what you do. And then, and through all of that, that's, you're just leading naturally. Um, and so I think probably leadership, if I, if I only have 30 minutes a day, you know, to read a book or jump on a podcast or, or listen to a podcast or whatever that is, it's all about leadership. So yeah. instead of live, laugh, love, live, learn, lead. That's what yeah. you're saying. Got live, it. Learn, live, learn, love, and then lead. And lead. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. Is there any books, podcasts, or anything that you're listening to now that you would suggest? Oh gosh. Well, um, John Maxwell, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan. He just came out with the new 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. So I think if you're not picking up that book, reading that book, um, you know, it has, when you talk about just real estate in general, or if you talk about um, luxury real estate or whatever it is, it's one of his laws is the law of connection. And I mean, I think connections, everything. I don't think you can have a relationship unless you first connect with somebody. <clears throat> and there's all kinds of layers of connection and rela relationships. And it's, if you can learn um, how to connect with people, how to communicate with people and how to, how to um, build relationships, I mean, you're golden in whatever you want to do, whether it's, you know, whether it's real estate or not. Um, so if I have an opportunity, I'm, I'm definitely listening to his, his podcasts are amazing. Um, what other podcasts do I like? Um, I get a lot of my suggestions from you, so you can probably <laughs> tell them. 
you know what what we should be listening to gary keller think like a ceo with if you haven't listened to that then you're missing out on some really really good financial business minded um uh conversations uh linda mckissick has a great uh, podcast um called everything life in real estate she does with dana gentry and that's one of my favorite um, the Empire Builders have one. Um, there's just so many things. The, yeah. Your your day should never be ended without learning something. Yeah, um, I'm in a program right now where we're doing two audiobooks a week, and we have them. I have mine right now at 1.8 speed. So my fiance Jess got in the car with me, and my phone just started playing, right. and she was like, "You sound like an insane person right now." Like this. <laughs> Doesn't seem healthy just listening to a guy go da, 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 like right into your face. I have mine at one and a half, and that's as much as I can do. I, you know, yeah. awesome. So, so, yeah. so you've been a team leader again. So you again, were a team leader for eight years previously. I was for eight years, yeah, yeah. And then you took a long break, and then your mean husband made you do it again. He and did. I'm looking for a super super <laughs> talented team leader run our league yes. foreman. So she is on a talent hunt right now, but since you've been back in the role, what have you noticed that's different in the brokerage? So it's been a while since you've been in a head leadership role for a full office like this. What, what's, what's changed since then? You know what? My, my initial reaction is nothing. Nothing's changed. You know, everybody still has the same issues that they did, you know, eight years ago, 10 years ago. I don't know how long. I think it's been 15 it's been years. a while, yeah, yeah. 15 years or so. Um, same issues, you know. Everybody's, um, um, you know, looking for more deals. They're looking for, you know, uh, easier ways to do it. And you know, and and nothing's changed. There's there's really no easy button. There's no secret sauce to real estate. It's hard, um, um, but it's so rewarding. And, you know, I think that the one thing that I love most, KT, is when people are succeeding around me. So, you know, and, and we just have to get people back in the office, back engaged. And that's another thing. There's so people, uh, this is, I get this question a lot. It's like, why should I stay at KW or why should I come to KW? And, um, and, and my answer is always, well, what are you looking to get out of life? Like, or, or what's your goals? You know, if you tell me your goals and I can tell you how we can help you. And a lot of times people will they'll, they'll think about switching around. And I have the conversations like, have you even plugged into where you are? Right. Have you even plugged into where you are? Cause if you're not plugging in where you are and trying to get, maybe, maybe you've succeeded them or, 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 you know, out, you know, you outperform what they can get you to the next level, you know, with, with their systems, but it's plugging in people, it, it, people just need to get involved. We're the most amazing company with the most opportunities, but they don't come knocking at your door. You have to go out there and, and find them. You know, um, we, we've, we've got the best company, um, in my opinion out there, but I think we have so much to offer instead of taking a little bit at a time, they just, they're just overwhelmed and they do nothing. And that's always been my, been my greatest fear. And so yeah. that hasn't changed. There's still so much to do, so much opportunity, so much that you could take advantage of. And sometimes you get overwhelmed and then they don't, they get paralyzed. Um, and and, and, and uh, that's one of the reasons I, I wanted to start something like this. I do, I think Keller Williams sometimes has a horrible marketing problem. 
I mean, I, uh, there's so many times I open up my mouth and say something that I've known about for years that somebody else who's been with Keller Williams for years goes, what's that? What's that? Right. And, and we just don't do a good job of telling our story sometimes. So there's, you know, there's a lot of ways that we need to reach out. So like I said, this is why I wanted an audio version for, for people to share some of the things that are going, that's going on in Keller Williams, other companies, other brokerages, other industries, just a place for people to know about this stuff. So that's awesome. What um, the, the market's shifting a little bit. Are you guys feeling, I, I'm a few hours away from Charlotte where you guys are. Is it, is it hitting you guys as much as it is, it, it is here in Raleigh absolutely. or is it absolutely? Absolutely. Yeah, you what know, are you guys seeing? We are seeing properties stay on the market for a few days um, and not a few hours, <laughs> right? I mean, that's that it's this is, you know, we would have conversations with with a seller and they'll say, what do you think my house is sell for? And I'm like, I can tell you what past history I can I can tell you what the comps are, what past history is. But I have no idea what a buyer is willing to give you for your property right now. So let's just put it at market value and see where the where the market takes us. Um yeah, I do see the shift. I also see um, more price reductions. I think some sellers kind of got a little greedy, um, and they're and the market will quickly tell them if they if if they have been. And so I'm seeing price reductions um, a lot within seven days of being on the market. At the most, I've seen is probably like fourteen. Um, you know, and for the last year, we didn't see that at all. We didn't. If see you that were, if you were an agent who's only been an agent for like three to four years, which means they've never seen this before. Yeah. What skills, what should they be learning right now that would help them going into this next year? Yeah. Um, for my number one suggestion is to build your database. I mean, it, it's the people that you know, that low and like and trust you, they're going to do business with you. And when you have that opportunity, it's too late to prepare. So you, you make sure that you know everything about your market, you study the market. You know, Gary always says you need to be the local economist of choice. And that's exactly what you need to, um, you know, that's how you need to appear to the, to the consumers around you, to your community, especially to your database. Um, I had a conversation with uh, with an agent about command and about her CRM. And we were talking about everything that, you know, that it's supposed to contain. And, you know, I said, how many of your, how many people that in your database, in your, in your command that do you have a physical address for? And she was like, you know, I don't know. I said, I want you to go back and I want you to look at that because how can you consider yourself a real estate, a real estate expert, right? And you know that your database is the most important thing because that's how you engage and you communicate with people. And if you don't have a physical address with them, do you even have a database as a real estate agent? You know, real estate is, is real estate, physical things. And uh, I just think people really need to rethink um, about, about doing their job. And, and, you know, there's certain things that you need to do to be employed in this industry. And that's the most important thing is to build a database as strong and as big as you can um, so that everybody knows what you do and they like you and they trust you because you're their trusted advisor um, and, and focus on that. I heard a really good script the other day. I can't remember who told it to me, but they were just reaching out to their sphere of influence and saying, hey, obviously we're in a shift. I'm going to do, be doing some market research for your neighborhood. Would you like me to send any of it to you? And just 
going and being that person who is actually studying the market and sharing that information to your key people. Yeah. Who doesn't want information about their property? Everybody knows this is the craziest real estate market we're in, but not everybody knows why or what's actually happening. Yeah. You know, they hear these big headlines, but you know what? You need to get granular. You need to get super, super laser focused on and providing people, you know, information that that serves them. That means information about their house or their neighborhood or their community. Um, so, yeah, it's it's who nobody's going to say no to that question. Right, KT? Yeah, that, that's something I picked up this year is it's not good enough to be just the real estate agent of choice. You also need to be their economist of choice. There's not a lot of people in industries that, you know, everyday people interact with that are having these conversations. You are probably the best person if you're a real estate agent to have this conversation with people. And so you right. just got to be prepared for that. Absolutely. And cool. you don't want to prepare when the opportunity is in front of you. you know, yeah. You've got to put in the work first. I think that goes back to being in the office, because if you're yeah. not in the office, you might not be having the same conversations everybody else is having. You might be missing something. Right. And there when was there's that- a team meeting, go to the team meetings, when there's training, when there's special guests, show up. I, we had, I had our attorney um, teach a class yesterday, KT, that um, it was uh, uh, kind of like bulletproofing your transaction out of the shift book. Um, but it was, you know... I can't even what the title was, but it's something like that bulletproof in your transaction. So what, what happens when you get your contract to the attorney and everything um, after that, but her whole purpose in this was like, you need to make sure that you're doing your job so that I can do my job properly so that there's a great um, uh, uh, just relationship between everybody so that they will want to give you their referrals and repeat business. Everything we do, every transaction is about, satisfying them, serving them so well that they're going to want to do business with you again, or they're going to want to have one of their friends or family do business with you. That's the whole goal of of everything that we do. You You can gauge your level of success in our industry, in real estate, by the number of repeat referral clients you get. So if that's the one thing you're not tracking, that's what you should be, because then you're going to know how well you're doing. It's your gauge. That's awesome. Anything you want to promote before we wrap up? Ooh, promote. Yeah. Um, again, Got any classes, any cool things going on? I know. Well, send me all your referrals for the Lake Norman Charlotte market for sure. Um, in what know, state? In real estate. Yes. In what it, state? State. In what state? Oh, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> North Carolina. North Carolina. Just in case no one knows where that is. I, like they can't tell from my accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, goodness. We've just got a, a lot. I, you know what? I'd love to send you um, a calendar of events that we have going on, KT. So I'd love for you to get it out there. You know, our favorite thing to do, and your daddy will tell you this um, to your audience next week, is we love to teach. It's our favorite thing in the world is just educating people from what we've learned and what um, that what we've learned over the years. And, you know, and that's the way we serve is, you know, just helping people. And that's truly what we love to do. Awesome. Whether it's other agents or whether it's our clients, when you just love to help people and serve people, you'll do well. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this for me. And guys, this was episode one. Uh, we'll be doing this every week. And if I get more time, hopefully more often. So thanks again, mom. Thanks, I, baby. Uh, I love you. It. Love you too. Bye. Bye.